hello everyone and welcome back. This is the Echoes Unlimited podcast. I am your host, Terrence Echoes. And today I have the great privilege of talking to my friend, Mr. Isaiah Lamb. Isaiah is a professional basketball player. He's an entrepreneur. He's a social media personality. He's also a personal trainer. So, I mean, like like you just said, if you could do something, why not do it all, you know? So, Isaiah, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm all right. You know, just uh, enjoying life. Happy to have you on. Happy to talk today. Yeah, glad um, to be here. Yeah. Yeah, so why, why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself? Like, what's your what's your elevator pitch? Uh, oh, elevator pitch. All right, so my name is Isaiah Lamb. Uh, like he said, uh, you know, I cover of Sports Illustrated twice. I'm a businessman, um, entrepreneur, professional basketball player. And as of now, I'm a certified personal trainer. Um, um, someone that was built off of hard work and dedication, you know, um, um, self-made, you know, trying to get it done, uh, just trying to be financially free and being able to give back to the community. That's, a, that's the ultimate goal, um, to help people that have been in my situation or is going through things that I've been through or similar things um, and giving them a little help to get an edge up you know, in life, period, uh, either in sports or in, in not in sports, um, you know, the goal is to be successful. So uh, I think my purpose in life is to be successful and help others to be successful. Yeah. Yes, sir, man. And I mean, you've been one of the most inspirational and positive people I've ever been around. And we met through the game of basketball. So my first question to you is, uh, when did you fall in love with the game of basketball? Um, I fell in love with the game of basketball pretty early. Um, I didn't really know if I wanted to play basketball seriously until I was around eighth grade. However, uh, I always been dribbling the ball around, always played, you know, basketball in the little hoops in my home. Um, but I would say around like eighth grade is when I uh, played my first team, middle school team, and I started to take it seriously. I saw that I can be really good at the game, uh, even though I, uh, both of my brothers, my older brothers played football, and they were all about football. You know, uh, and it took a lot to kind of like go on the edge and just say, I want to play basketball. So Awesome. Awesome. And then, so you didn't really start seriously until high school, is what you're saying? Uh, yes, pretty much. Okay. And that's considered late uh, for a yeah. lot of basketball players, yeah. Absolutely. Like, high school, high school normally, you, you already, like, know what position you're playing, know, like, what your strengths and weaknesses are, and you're just, like, getting started, getting, in, getting into everything. Uh, so yeah. what was high school like for you? I know you went through a lot of adversity. I know that you had your ups and your downs. So uh, talk to me a little about what your high school experience was like. A uh, high school experience, uh, uh, like you said, it was up and down. Uh, I went to three different high schools, started off at a private school, um, uh, tried to play basketball there, 
only ended up only staying there for a few months because um, obviously private school, you have to pay for schooling. And I didn't think that was, you know, the best situation for me and my family. Um, so I actually had to fake, had to lie to my parents and tell them I didn't like it um, so they can take me out because um, I knew that what it was doing to the family. Um, so they took me out of private school. I went to my local high school. Um, you know, think things were going well. I was starting to get get a lot of friends and ended up playing football my freshman year as well. Uh, ended up tearing my ACL and um, had to sit out my sophomore year of high school for basketball. Uh, ended up transferring to another school. So I'm basically starting from scratch. This is year two for me for basketball. So I was really, you know, um, excited to get going again and had a great season soft I mean junior year and um I started to get it rack up a lot of division one offers I think at the time my junior year had about 12 division one offers so things have really picked up for me in that year um however also during that time I was going through homelessness um you know like in and out of hotels in and out of friends houses friends homes and coaches and um, in and out of car, basically. Um, but other than that, things for, for me was going really well as far as, you know, schooling and um, basketball. Then come around to my senior year, um, uh, things are also still, still accelerating. I'm still getting um, offers, still doing well in school. And then I end up tearing my ACL for the second time. And that's kind of like when things started to get rough for me personally, uh, because basketball was pretty much all I had. That was kind of like something that I fell back on as like, you know, my happy place when I didn't have the, the you know, the home to go to or, you know, the resources as other people. Uh, whenever I was feeling bad, I would play basketball. And then senior year is kind of just like cut and dry. I got injured like early in the season, only played half of my senior year and on top of me being upset about the injury, I ended up having going from almost 20 division one offers to two. So I thought I wasn't even going to be able to play in college anymore. You know, all the dreams were just basically out of the window, but um, by the grace of God and all the hard work and by me being um, a good person, I think uh, my personality and me as a human being and not just my basketball skills got me to at least hold, you know, two division one offers that I could commit to at the time. That was between Maris and Morgan state and obviously chose Maris and, uh, <laughs> and yeah, uh, things got a lot better from there. You know, I moved away to go to New York and away from my family and away from kind of like the, uh, hard times per se so that's why I chose to go out of state you know get away for a little bit and um uh, it was up from there you know pretty much that was pretty much how my high school career went um you know dealing with struggling with uh homelessness and um things from that nature to you know the, the injuries to you know finally finding a place in Maris to play ball Right. And uh, like you said, you mentioned, I was going to ask you about the two ACLs. Uh, 
been happening in your high school career. And, you know, just to think about one ACL is like a high school athlete's like worst nightmare, you know, mm -hmm. and the fact that you, you had two and not, not only were you, did you have two ACL injuries, but you were also, you know, dealing with the, the home, the being issue of being homeless at the time. How did you stay so how were you able to keep going during that time? Because I, I can't imagine, you know, dealing with not only those three, but also like the stresses of being a high school student, the stresses of being a black man in Baltimore. Like, how did you deal with everything at the same time? Um, well, my mom used to always say uh, one of her favorite quotes was nothing lasts forever. Uh, I mentioned it a lot because uh, that was pretty much my mindset, you know. Um, um, she, she kept me um, basically in line to having my, my mindset on the future and what can happen or what I can have or what I can do and not so stuck up on where am I at now and dwelling on my present situation or my current situation at the time. Um, so I would just say, you know, my parents, you know, a lot of people, I was blessed to have two parents, um, you know, my mom and my dad, a lot of people just have their mom and just had a dad or don't even have anyone. And that's really, really tough. And I can't even imagine, you know, going through what I was going through without having them and people do that. And I, um, and so that's where I think my blessing was my, my tool or my strength came from is having them, you know, there. You know, we, we were going through hard times, like really, really hard times, but we all had each other. You know, we can talk, you know, we can make good times out of the bad times. So um, whenever I had any type of negative mind or negative thought um, that could bring me down, I could literally talk to him and they'd tell me, you know, keep my head up or nothing lasts forever. So you may be down now, but you're going to be up soon. And when you get up, you got to keep grinding because you can't go back down, you know? So that's where I say I would get my strength from and how I kept my head right. Right, and I mean, that's amazing. Like you you mentioned family, when you put things into perspective, you know, some people don't have, you know, the strength of family behind them and a good support system. And, and that's so important. And that, that's so important for us to not only, you know, understand that we have the privilege, those of us who have a family to support us, but that's also like motivation, you know, like that you want to be able to do that for your family in the future, you know, because like you say, like what your mom did for you and like now you want to be able to do better and provide better for your your family. And, and you know, that's great that you were able to, you know, put things into perspective like that. And that that's real important. So during this time, you were also on the cover of Sports Illustrated. What was that experience like? Oh, that was a great experience. Um, it's kind of funny how it happened. Um, I was in high school. Uh, currently, I was a senior. And um, they just called me. He called me on the phone. And the guy was like, hello, my name is John Wortham from Sports Illustrated. I was like, I laughed. I said, yeah, right. You know, stop playing the phone. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was like, no, really, my name is John, you know, Sports Illustrated, we'd like to come up and do a piece on you. And 
I was like, well, all right, um, whatever you say, basically, just kind of like pushing it off. And he's like, can I speak to your parents? So I get in front of my mom. She was like, who is this? I said, Sports Illustrated. She said, boy, stop playing. So it was kind of like a joke. It was very funny. It was real funny at the time. And then she got off the phone. She was like, Isaiah, that was really Sports Illustrated. And they're coming up tomorrow. So literally that next day, they came to the house, you know, did did the um, the interview in the house. Um, we didn't have any furniture in the house. They actually bought us our first piece of furniture to do the interview, which was just like oh. two, it was like four metal chairs or something like that so we can sit and do the interview because we didn't have any furniture for them to sit at. And then... Um, yeah, we took a took a took a little tour around town, showed them um, some of the places I used to stay at. Um, in particular, it was a laundromat that was near my house where I used to stay at, and the lady inside used to help us out and stuff like that. So we just like a little trip down memory lane, I guess, for us, and just showing them how you know things were for me growing up in high school, and. Um, you know, after the Sports Illustrated was coming out and the release day was coming up, uh, he was telling me, he asked me again, he was like, you sure you want to do this? You know, this is going to change your life or affect your life for your rest of your life. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm sure, like, why not? I didn't really think it was such a big deal. But um, after it came out, you know, it was such a huge reaction, like, a huge reaction like I didn't even think it was going to mean this much because I personally didn't read Sports Illustrated I knew about it just because of like Michael Jordan LeBron James or every great athlete been on Sports Illustrated so I knew about it but I didn't really think about how much attention it would bring me bring to me and um, I went to school the next day and it was just like so much stuff came after that and um good and bad you know people were trying to help me out you know uh give give us furniture and stuff um but it was kind of a messed up situation because i couldn't take anything because of uh college rules you know so we couldn't take the furniture we couldn't take the food we couldn't take you know the money because it was considered gifts and um also the bad that came with it people thought i was lying um people thought you know uh, this is all just for the story. I didn't really go through anything because I kept everything to myself. Um, I'm not the type of person that that uh, that uh, I wear my feelings on my sleeves. But you can never tell if I'm going through something personal or some type of struggle because I always kept a smile on my face. Always, you know, uh, encouraged and went on with life without, you know, moping per se. And, yeah, pe- people really thought I was lying. They thought it was a made-up story. And also the first cover, the first Sports Illustrated that came out, I was wearing a, a pair of Jordans. Uh, I think it was like Concords. Mm. And people was like saying, oh, how is he homeless while having these Concords on? Uh-huh. And they weren't even my shoes. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, uh-huh. I knew I was doing this. Sports Illustrated, so I ain't want to wear no bum shoes. So I asked my homeboy, right. I wear your shoes, and he let me wear them. So, you know, it's just funny because uh, that was like a big thing that everyone was saying. It was like, yeah. oh, uh, 
he's broke because his priority is wrong or, you know, how is he going through this and he got these Jordans on and they don't even know the backstory of it. So I just right. thought that was just funny um, how people just jumped to, to conclusions. But uh, yeah, that's what's illustrated changed my life basically. Um, also kind of gave me perspective on what's going on because I didn't really know what I was going through with that bad um, mm -hmm. until after or until I started to get people's feedback and also until I got to Maris. Um, right. I got to Maris, it was kind of like a different outlook on life of how, how um, good some people have it and how bad, you know, my situation was. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you you sort of you, you talk about you know the fact that people would jump to conclusions and everything, and that's that's truth about everything, bro. Like, yeah. people will be so quick to like point out the negative or point out something to like poke poke a hole in what you're trying to, you know, your argument, what you're trying to, uh, your your message. They try to poke a hole in it, and I just never understand that, man. Like. You were you were obviously going through hard times. Like it's it's one thing to you know look at it and say, oh he's uh he's he's had hard times. You know what can I do to like help him or you know how that's unfortunate. But it's another thing to say, oh he didn't really go through that. He's not like you can't you can't just go ahead and jump to conclusions like that. Like that's that's so frustrating, bro. Like hey. I don't know. You got to be a tough person to get through that and not not throw hands. Uh, so <laughs> I'm I'm impressed. Oh, for real, it, it was definitely frustrating. But I mean, it was kind of like whatever. Like if you don't believe me, like what I got to yeah. lie for. Like, <laughs> exactly. Uh, right. And uh, you sort of got into you know getting to Marist, and you, you mentioned like your recruiting process, you know, sort of fell off because of your injury. And, you know, that happens to a lot of athletes. It's it's unfortunate, but, I mean, that's just the reality of what it is and the business that is NCAA athletics. Um, so, you know, what, what why did you end up choosing Maris besides the fact that, you know, it was out of state and you wanted to get a new uh, perspective? Um, well, also the, the coaching staff at the time, uh, it was Coach Maker, um, he, he had a lot of um, faith in me as far as my recovery. And he uh, basically kind of like encouraged me to get better because he felt so highly towards me and my recovery. As um, far as other play, other schools, they were willing to take me, but I had the red shirt or they were willing to take me but I would, you know, I had to do another year of prep school. So it was like a lot of buts after that when it came yeah. to America. It was kind of like, oh, we'll take you and we know you'll get better and be uh, a good player for us. So it was just kind of that factor. And um, Maris had a very diverse campus. Um, as my freshman year, we had players from Iceland, uh, Australia, Sweden, yeah. you know, um, by the time I graduated, it was players from, um, Montenegro, you know, so, uh, I, 
I like that as well. Uh, met a lot of different people from all over the world. And now I feel like I can travel wherever and still know people or have some yeah. type of relation uh, due to marriage. So I did like that about marriage. Yeah. And um, yeah, you mentioned like that, the team, when, when I got here freshman year, it, it was like guys from Italy, uh, Finland, like it was, it was people from all over the world. I think more than half the team was international. If you think about it and that, that's really cool too. But, uh, it wasn't all, it wasn't all, uh, glamorous, uh, when you got here, you know, you went through your fair share of adversity in the the losing department. Uh, what was that like getting through all uh, of that? Oh, it it was definitely frustrating (laughs) for sure. Um, uh, the players and the coaching staff uh, was bumping heads a lot. Uh, my freshman year, uh, freshman year, we just kind of like trying to get, trying to get used to everything, um, because you know, not being used to the college level and how it's supposed to be ran, uh, you don't really know. But then throughout the years, you started to see like, okay, something needs to change, and um, it. It was frustrating as far as the basketball part of it, uh, especially because I don't think I was playing to my best ability. Uh, it was a lot of frustrations, you know, mentally, you know, um, also me still dealing with my knees. Um, uh, for basketball, I mean, basketball in Maris was, you know, a real roller coaster, you know, up and down. You know, I enjoyed it. You know, we played – Big schools, you know, Duke, West Virginia, you know, went to some big tournaments. So that was, uh, you know, really, really good. Um, but uh, uh, if I can go back, uh, I wouldn't change anything, but I would just, you know, just go a little bit harder in the weight room, go a little bit harder in practice and try to, you know, get a couple more wins. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I was there. I saw you your junior senior year, bro. You went hard. So yeah, it's not right. like, yeah, <laughs> you were trying for sure, bro. Like you, you, you grinded, you know, with the with the best of them for sure. And um, you know, aside, you you mentioned basketball was very up and down, but you know, what was your experience like? You know, in the classrooms and the dorms, like what what else? And just being in Poughkeepsie in general. Uh, what was that like to be uh, in such a different environment in, in uh, this college environment? Uh, I liked it, uh, to be honest. Poughkeepsie is a nice, nice little city. Um, it's funny because there's Poughkeepsie and then there's the Hudson Valley. So, yeah. you know, P- Poughkeepsie is like more of a city area. You know, they have... Um, tougher areas um, where uh, maybe like low income areas uh, in this, any inner city like. Um, so it kind of reminded me of Baltimore a little bit in that aspect. And then there's a totally other side where the Hudson Valley, where it's supposed to be like really nice and, you know, um, I guess a higher upper class of uh, people. So you you got your your balance there in Poughkeepsie. So you know I like that. Um, uh, 
I like the fans in Poughkeepsie. You know, they they stood behind, you know, us as a group at Marist, even if we weren't playing the best. So, you know, I, I love that. You know, I wish I we could have gave them more. You know, I always felt felt bad. You know, they, you know, doing everything to come out to the games and we just – and we lose it by like one or two, you know, a tough loss. But, um, yeah, I like I like the, the Poughkeepsie area. Um, probably wouldn't want to live there now, but uh, yeah, it was a good experience. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, while you were here, uh, you started to do some stuff not only on the court, but you, you were very active off the court as well. Uh, you, you started your own business. You started your YouTube. You started uh, to do some classes towards your, the end of your senior year. I remember I attended a few and yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to just leave it at that. I attended a few and you know, it, it was tough. Uh, so, you know, what made you want to like start, you know, becoming an entrepreneur, even as a college student? Um, well, I wanted more and the simple fact of not everyone's going to go to the NBA. And I started to notice that, you know, more and more in college, I'm like, all right, so I'm comparing myself to other people in the, in the country really. And like, I was saying, I was kind of like comparing myself, uh, far as my averages you know my points and everything and I'm like it's going to be really tough to get to the NBA if I'm being realistic so what else is there for me to do and I always wanted to be a business owner I always wanted to own my own business you know um you know be my own boss and um not work underneath someone else so I started in college I was like what do I like to do and I've been working out my whole life you know, um, how do I, how have I been working out? I haven't been going to the gym because growing up, I didn't have a membership to a gym. Uh, I've been working out at home. So why can't I persuade other people to do that? That may have not, have, may not have the resources like I didn't. So I started out with core sliders. You know, I found the core sliders online. I thought it was a great, um, workout equipment and I basically turned into my own brand. I started with the core sliders, um, came out with low lamb company and, uh, is based around, uh, home workout equipment. So, um, at the time I just had the sliders and to bring awareness to it, I started the class, like you mentioned, you know, um, just to show people all the things that you can do with just your body weight with no weight needed. And then I started doing, um, started selling online with them and trying to, I reached out to a couple uh, physical therapy offices um, because it's, it's good for physical therapy as well for people that's trying to um, uh, recover from uh, uh, any type of uh, accident strength. or injury or something. Yeah, injury. Yep, because I when I tore my ACL, I actually used core sliders. So oh, wow. yeah, I know that uh you can use it in um in physical therapy. Um so yeah, I just started building from there. Now I have resistant bands, uh yoga mats, and I'm coming out with some more 
um, home equipment where you can take anywhere, you know, travel with them, get a good workout at home. And, and now, you know, COVID came and all people have to do now is work out at home. So that actually helped, you know, bring some light to what I'm doing um, because mm. I've been doing it since as long as I remember. And now people need it. So uh, it was actually great for me. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, yeah, you also do clothing. So. Yeah, yeah. So we have clothing as well. Um, uh, the clothing is something I mostly sell workout clothes, you know, something that you can work out in, you know, feel comfortable. Um, I have like some street wear as well. I have tennis shoes as well. You know, so I always wanted my own shoes. So yeah, I was gonna start now. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, through Nike, you can be through Lowland. So exactly, yeah, a little bit. That's everything. what's up, man. Yeah, and um, you know, it's 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 pretty much just you, right? It's just you working on all this stuff, doing pretty yeah. much everything. Mhm. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. And then um, you know, you you mentioned not being like not everyone goes to the NBA but you're still talented you're still you still you still had a very good college career you know you were able to play I just seeing you play your junior senior year you know six man junior year senior year you were a starter and, and played big minutes and were a key defender on on in most of the games so you had the talent to play professionally uh what sort of went into, you know, becoming a professional basketball player? And I know you spent last season, your rookie year in Armenia. Uh, what was that experience like? Uh, well, coming out of college, I knew I wanted to still play basketball. You know, um, even, not, even if it wasn't in the NBA, like in the G League or overseas, you know, I just, being realistic, I knew that I had to take some type of stepping stone to get there. You know, um, I didn't just completely give up on it, but I just know that there's going to have to be some stepping stones. So um, out of college, I um, was looking to play overseas, and I was getting a quite a big bit offers from, like, Germany, um, uh, Denmark, uh, Sweden, um, and a few other countries, but I just did not know how to go about it. I didn't have an agent. Uh, I wasn't talking, reaching out to other players who've been there and done that. I was just kind of trying to handle it on my own. And I ended up not taking any of them, just kind of like waiting and stalling, I guess, for the right one. Ended up losing them all. And then I, um, by the time it was like November, so now it's late. And people aren't really looking for players now. And I didn't sign anywhere. Um, I got a late call. I reached out to an agent. I was like, can you help me find somewhere to go? And he was like, oh, man, like, you didn't sign anywhere yet. Like, <laughs> and mm. you're a good player. Like, you should have easily signed somewhere. And then he's like, hey, I got this team in Armenia. You're looking for a, a player. And um, I was like the highest played player. Uh, they were really excited to get me, and uh, once I said yes, they got me a ticket, and I had to leave that next day. So it was literally yeah. less than 24 hours uh, of me making a decision and me having to fly 
23 plus hours away. Yeah, it was a long, long flight too. So long, long day of traveling. Um, and especially for it to be last minute like that, it was it was tough. Um, Armenia, uh, it was an experience, you know, mm-hmm. both good and bad. You know, uh, it was an okay rookie spot. You know, I wouldn't want to go back and play there now. Um, right. But I did like the experience of being a rookie and kind of going there um, because it's not the most glamorous place. But, you know, it's a place where you go there and do your work. Like, you stay focused and you grind and you just hoop. So, like, that's kind of the mentality I had about it. If a player had the mentality of going there, having fun and going out and stuff, um, it probably wouldn't have been the best for them because uh, Armenia is not a huge – going out city I guess you should say um and plus they weren't so fond of black people as well over there so yeah so I stayed stayed to myself pretty much uh the little kids the little kids like me I made the most I made the most out of the experience you know I used to go outside and play basketball with the with the kids that like basketball um I even ran a little camp there at the park you know awesome um, yeah, yeah. So I made the best out of it for sure, because um, we didn't have much gym access. So I used to go to the park. Um, I had my low lamb stickers, and the kids would be playing games for the stickers, and <laughs> you know it it was fun. You know I made the most out of it. I can say that much. Um, and I know by the time I left, there was still kids there that follow me on Instagram. They still look at what I'm doing. And they like low lamb. So, you know, it's all part of, you know, building a brand and building awareness and kind of like leaving a good taste in people's mouth about when I leave. Like they're going to remember me forever now. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's great that you were able to, you know, find something, something to do. You know, I, I can't imagine what it's like just, you know, being in a country, you know, that being the only basketball being the only thing you're there to do, but like, it's 24 hours in a day. And uh, I, I definitely get that. And I, I love to hear that you're out here inspiring the kids with the stickers and all that. I love that. Cause I know, I know a bunch of stickers are still hanging around Marist college campus. Bro. <laughs> you, you definitely left your mark. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I mean, you've inspired me to get my own stickers. I mean, honestly, check it yeah. out. <laughs> okay. Yes, I'm gonna need some of those. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I, I, I mean, I love to hear that and I love to hear that, uh, you know, you made the most out of that opportunity, even though it probably wasn't the best opportunity that, you know, you could have had. And, uh, so you, you were able to keep busy by doing stuff. And I saw you a lot, you were active on social media during the time as well. And social media is something you utilize as not only for pleasure, but also for business. I mean, I know you had the Lowland page that you run. You have your own page that you run. Uh, what is that like? Talk to me a little bit about like your social media presence. Um, I'm a big social media guy. I love social media. You know, there are a lot of people who, you know, despise social media, don't like it. You know, they think it's a distraction, but I just think 
that there's so much you can do with it. And um, it's basically like a big marketing tool, you know. Um, Absolutely. It's free free marketing. Um, If I want to start a brand and get it out there, it literally could be as simple as me starting an Instagram and getting it out there that way. You know, you can reach so many different people from all over the world by just Instagram. And, um, yeah, it's a way of connecting with people, you know. So I can – Instagram has helped me build my brand so much uh, through, you know, especially with Lolam, um, you know, getting other people, sending people free free stuff uh, in exchange for them to make a video and um, getting people's opinion on different different uh, products and things like that. Um, it's, it's really good. You know, I utilize it to the, to the max, basically. And uh, I think it's uh, going pretty well for me. Um, all I need is that verification badge and the things. <laughs> really, yes, really. Sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, that that's your ticket right there. Is you, yeah. you get that blue check? Oh man, the band's gonna see you. They're gonna be like, "Yeah, we yeah. have here special, special." You know, um, little hint, hint right there. It, it's on. Yeah. The- yeah, yeah. Verify my boy. Verify Zay. Twenty twenty twenty. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start a. Uh, what's it called? A movement. Verify Zay. Twenty twenty. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, so you also are a certified uh, personal trainer, fitness coach, uh, whatever you want to call it. You know, you mentioned how you know not having access to a gym uh, growing up, so that's why you focus on mostly body workouts and you know just being creative. And the quarantine that was perfect time, time like time for you to shine, honestly. And uh, you definitely took advantage of that. I saw a bunch of your videos. I saw, I saw a couple of weeks ago you posted a video with like this blue juice in your in a <laughs> in a thing. You were carrying it up a hill. I'm like, oh man, they really got the juice now. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, look at this dude. And uh, so, you know, what is it like to you know try to help people you know reach their fitness goals? uh it means everything you know um um when it comes to fitness you know that also brings you know some happiness you know people uh you can blow off stress that way great way to you know relieve stress um i actually got my certifications while i was in armenia so just Mm -hmm. the best of my free time um because there's a lot of downtime over there I was taking online classes to get my certifications and I completed it right before I got home just so I can, when I get home, I can hit the ground running because I was doing it the year before. Um, but, uh, I just didn't have my certifications and now I have it. It made, it makes things a lot better, a lot easier. Um, and yeah, um, my goal is just to get people to buy that they want. Um, the body that fits them um, and to make them happy you know Uh, if you're feeling uncomfortable in your skin you know uh, 
then it needs to be changed and someone needs to, you know, help them with that or help, you know. So I'm here to, you know, help people, you know, the ultimate goal, feel comfortable in your skin, you know, feeling comfortable uh, with your shirt off or feeling comfortable exposing your skin and not being, you know, scared or self-conscious about the way you look. So, you know, that's the goal, you know, because we all have different body types. You know, everyone's not going to look like me. You know, everyone's not going to, you know, be in shape, but, you know, it's the, it's the, um, the hardest part is the motivation. You know, if you have the motivation, you know, the drive to want to do it, or if you enjoy the grind, I say, then it's going to become easy. You know, you're going to get the body that you want, the, um, you know, the, uh, the shape that you want, but it's just that uh, motivation. And I'm here to motivate, you know, everyone or whoever to, you know, reach their goals. Right. And I mean, that's amazing, you know, especially coming from, you know, where you come from and now being able to, you know, inspire and teach people, you know, that they can do what they, with what they want in life and they can accomplish what they want to accomplish. Uh, so talk to me about, you know, where you come from, because everybody talks about Baltimore and they think of Baltimore as like this rundown uh, city, you know, it's, it's in Maryland and it's very like they think it has a lot of crime. And I know president Trump likes to use the, the term in Baltimore is infested with crime and stuff like that. And I hate, I hate to hear him say that uh, because I know there's some, even, even from being at Marist, the people I've met from Baltimore are, are amazing people. I mean, yourself and, you know, Jordan Jones, who's currently uh, at Marist, he, he was on the, he was on the podcast uh, about a year ago. Uh, so, you know, what is Baltimore really like? Uh, Baltimore is a, a great place. You know, one of my, you know, if not the best city, you know, uh, in the world, you know, of course I'm biased, but I love Baltimore. You know, it's in the DMV. Um, and, you know, each, every city has their, uh, you know, crime spots or, you know, bad spots. So, you know, Baltimore isn't all bad, um, but it is tough. You know, Baltimore, if you live in Baltimore, um, you're, you learn how to deal with all kinds of people, you know, um, and um, depending on what area you're living in Baltimore depends on, um, you know, what type of people you're going to get, basically, you know, but um I love Baltimore, always been my home. Um, and the way Trump made it sound like, made it seem like it's a terrible spot. You know, I know in the media, uh, the the people view Baltimore as a bad place, you know, plus the riots and everything like that. But um, it's not so bad. You know, there's, there's a good, there's, Baltimore has its good spots, just like every other city. Great. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, I mentioned everything that you do. Like, is that hard to manage everything? Mm, It can be challenging, but um, I have a pretty tight knit schedule. You know, um, just like for school, I used to always have, you know, the planner, you write it down, your classes, your homework. And um, 
you have to find out what you can do for yourself to stay on top of things. Like when I'm, since I'm out of school, having a planner to write down just wasn't it for me because I'm not checking mm-hmm. the planner. I'm not in my books. I'm not carrying a book bag to, to have my planner. So I couldn't do that. And so I started, I tried using my reminders, my phone, couldn't do that. Um, but so you need to find out like what fits you. Like I now use uh, the app Google Calendar and I have uh, another website that I use to help you know track everything. And uh, that's pretty much how I go by. You know, I go by my phone and my calendar, you know, I put down every little thing I have to do, like even if to, you know, just take pictures or even if it's to make a post on Instagram yep. or um, I even have a reminder to make comments, you know, on Instagram. You know, it, it's important, you know, everything, right. everything matters. You know, it, it seems like uh, it doesn't, like little things like that shouldn't matter, but it does. And to stay on top of it like that, it uh, really makes a difference, you know? So, um, yeah, so I just, you know, uh, always use my, my phone and the calendar to stay on top of things and uh, just time management, you know, uh, getting things done when it needs to be done and not putting things off and, you know, uh, staying on top of things pretty much. Yeah. That's great. And, um, so, I mean, to end the podcast off, let's talk a little bit about, you know, advice. Cause if I'm coming to anybody for some sort of advice, I know that you've been through it, that you have, you know, you, you've lived, you've lived like to the fullest. You've been one of the most positive and uh, inspirational people I've ever met. And that, that stands to this day. Um, what type of advice would you give to somebody who's maybe who feels like they're at the bottom? Uh, same advice I got from my parents, you know, nothing lasts forever. You know, that's, that's the, to me, that's the best advice I can give. Um, because when you're, when you're down and you feel like, you know, you're in a worse place mentally and things aren't going to get better. You know, if you just turn that light switch in your head that nothing lasts forever, meaning yes, you're accepting the fact that it's tough right now, but it's not gonna last. Like meaning it's gonna be better times ahead of you, but you have to act on it. So you just can't say it's gonna be better times and just sit and wait. You have to say it's gonna be better times and then go and get better times. Yes, sir. So, you know, just, just off of that, you know, if if you um you know want to play basketball, you're a high school student, and you say you want to go to uh, a Division One school to play basketball, and right now you're not making a high school team, it's okay. Except the fact you didn't make it, you have to get better, and know that there's gonna be better times. Meaning you just can't wish for it. You gotta know that you're still gonna to get to that Division One school, or you gotta know that you're still gonna to get to the school to play, and work for it. You know, make it happen, and things will change. You know. Absolutely, bro, and, and you got that right. Uh, you know, it, it really just comes down to the work you're willing to put in. In my my own opinion, 
and mm-hmm. and the work the work is hard you know it's a term that you know everybody says is if it was easy everybody would be doing it and you know it it is not always easy it is not always nice but if you really want to you know uh you know get the fruits of your labor and and really enjoy life you you're going to have to put in some some sort of effort and some sort of work or somebody's going to have to do that for you and you know i i appreciate you i appreciate you coming on today bro i re- i really do it's been nice nice to see you man Back yeah nice and you i look up to you too man you might not think so but for what you did was big man you came in you know manager you know, wanting to play, may not have been getting the opportunity, but you stuck in there, work for it, and now you're a walk-on. That's big. Yes, sir. You yes, know, sir. people that were in that position, you know, walk-ons, they're not even there anymore. You know, you hung in there. You went from being below to, you know, moving up. And, you know, keep keep working, man. Just know that the work yeah. is being noticed. You know, I'm not even there, and I heard about that off <laughs> in Baltimore. <laughs> yes, sir. I appreciate that. No, this man, keep it up. Thank you, thank you. You know I will, and uh, you know I wish you the best of luck this season. Do you know where you're heading yet? I uh, don't know. I'm waiting on a deal. Um, possibly could be playing in Germany, or okay. could be Macedonia. I uh, don't really want to go Ooh. to Macedonia. Don't you? But much <laughs> rather go to Germany. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Possible. Don't know yet. Still waiting. Awesome. Awesome, man. I mean, you know, I'll be tuned in. All right. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I'll be tuned into like your social medias and all that. You want to shout that out? Oh yeah. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Fit Like Lamb and on Facebook. Um. All one word, fit like lamb. And I have my business page where I sell core sliders, distant bands, all your home needs for workout equipment, as well as some gear um, at Low Lamb Co. Low Lamb, L-O-L-A-M-B-C-O, all one word. And yeah, check out the page, man. I'll be giving out some free things. So you definitely want to check it out. Maybe hit the notification button so you can stay alert. So when these free things come out, you can be on it. All right. Yes, sir, sir, man. All right. I appreciate you, bro. I'm going to see you around. All right. All right. All right. Peace.